Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Mac CC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Macclesfield Cricket Club is grateful for the continued support of our various sponsors. Today's featured sponsor is Country Carpets. Country Carpets offer a high level of customer service combined with competitive pricing. Supplying the largest range of carpets, wood and laminate flooring in Cheshire, Country Carpets has established a reputation for quality, professional customer service and satisfaction. They carry over 500 rolls of carpet in stock for quick installation and have the widest choice of rugs in the northwest. Please visit www.countrycarpet.co.uk for more information. Without further ado, I would like to introduce today's guests. After the carnage that was the House of Cricket podcast, I thought, why not make it even harder and invite four blokes onto the show that I already spend more time with than I would like? Introducing four members of the Macclesfield Cricket Club third team, in no particular order, Messrs. Kenny, Flint, Moores and Matharu. Chaps, how are you all? Safe and well. Okay, good. Very good, very good. Excellent. Looks like we've all got you uh, onto the technology. Um, you've all managed to navigate your way onto Zoom, so you've passed the first test. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to uh, give, you, give you all the floor and uh, introduce yourselves. So if you could please give us your name and your role in the team, uh, starting with Mr. Moores. Yes, I'm Michael Moores. I'm um, the third 11, uh, I like to think de facto captain, um, but also um, dropper and uh, sometime batsman. By which you mean uh, Mitch, because I've never heard you f- refer to as Michael other than by your fantastic mother. Um, and and by dropper, I assume you mean wicketkeeper. Uh, Mr. Kenny. Uh, Ian Kenny, uh, opening batsman. Mr. Flint. Christopher Flint. Probably the better captain of the two. <laughs> Part-time batsman, main-time fielder, full-time sledger. Yes, and uh, I think we should take this opportunity to say that you are the anointed, fully appointed and unfortunate vice-captain of the third team. Correct. And uh, Mr. Matharu. Froggy Matharu, all-rounder. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it's begun already. I don't know who I want to listen to less talking about themselves being an all-rounder, you or Rob Porter. Well, I can justify it later. <laughs> I'm sure we will get to that. Um, and uh, if we we go through the same order, uh, if you want to tell us what you all do when you aren't playing cricket, Mitch. Uh, I'm a systems manager from the NHS. Icky? I'm a human resources business partner. Business. Uh, Mr. Flint? I'm a manager at Domino's Pizza. Froggy? Move things for me to be and make a drink on it. You're not lying, and you do love moving trainers, as as well we know from our WhatsApp groups. Who wants to tell me about their earliest cricketing memory? No one. No one. Excellent. This is going to be a, a very brief podcast. I'm going to say Froggy. Froggy, tell me about your earliest cricketing memory. Um, minor or bad, really, because I played when I was young, probably 8 to 12. At a decent standard, Leeds, um, I think, played one Yorkshire game. Um, I just was getting stick from my dad every day. <laughs> I mean, could have been a wooden stick involved as well. Uh, getting stick for what your cricket, or just generally because you're an awful child? Bit of both. A wooden stick. I mean, like literal stick. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's it's fair to point out, ladies and gentlemen, we do not condone that kind of behaviour uh, in this day and age. So hopefully, uh, you know, nobody take any parenting advice from uh, Mr. Matthew Senior. Um, Ian, what, what's your earliest cricketing memory? Uh, I think. I was volunteered by my next door neighbour to join him in his T20 tournament that happened on a Sunday when I was about 13. And that was how I started playing cricket, really. Excellent. And you've been uh, been been a keen, keen cricketer ever since, apart from the time when you didn't play. <laughs> apart from the... the um, the time between I was 15 and 30. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that small window, um, moving swiftly onwards, uh, Flinty, uh, you, you can tell us how long you've, you've been involved with Matt Cricket Club. I've only actually been involved with Matt Cricket Club since around the age of 15, 16. My first cricketing memory going back to that point was watching my dad play for your favourite team, Miles, the Ash Tree. 
Oh, the glorious ash tree. How long have you been involved at the club? At the club around about eight years now. Mm-hmm. And did you join as a junior or? I joined uh, through probably Will Smith, probably one of my best mates at the club. Just kept, started coming down to training with him because I've always had the passion to play cricket, but I'd never actually joined a team. So that, that's sort of what got me into playing for Mac. Right. And uh, and Mitch, how long have you been involved with uh, Macclesfield Cricket Club? Uh, on and off, a bit like Icky. I stopped playing um, when I was when I went to uni. And then I only started playing again sort of, must be like, about 10 years ago now. Um, but I started playing the juniors maybe when I was eight, nine years old. But, you know, cricket's uh, sort of pretty much constant in my family. There's no, uh, there's no getting away from it. So there's no real sort of early memory. No, there's uh, there's one or two of your family members who, who've, who've played a bit of cricket over the years, aren't there? There is indeed. Well, um, the reason that we're all here, um, ladies and gentlemen, is is these four fine gentlemen who've probably never been described that, as that before. We're all uh, members uh, for the vast majority of, of the last season uh, of Macclesfield third team. And um, we just wanted to sit down and, and talk about that season really as a whole, um, because, you know, we had a really enjoyable season, a great set of guys, uh, all the all the guys that played in the team. I think we had a really great year. We didn't uh, didn't quite get um, the end result from the season that we wanted, as we will get to. Um, but we did have a lot of fun along the way and played some some really good cricket, uh, even by third team standard. Um, so I'm I'm just going to set the the scene for you, uh, if you like. Um, Macclesfield third team play in the Cheshire Cricket League, um, UK Fast uh, Division B East, which is one division below. Um, the, the top division um, and from there you can get promoted uh, into the Cheshire County Cricket League uh, which is where our first and second team play so um, we're, we're playing a reasonable standard um, we are a club that uh, because we're a bigger club in our area we have three teams on a Saturday um, whereas a lot of clubs that we play in our particular league uh, we're often playing second teams of smaller clubs um, and there are a few bigger clubs as well um, but we've been um, we've been sort of st- a solid presence in in Division B uh, for for a good few years uh, past the changes, um, but certainly in 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 the last few years we've um, you know improved in our playing resources and we've had lots of kids come through that have, that have got a lot better and um, as a result we we've seen a sort of upturn I think it's fair to say in in the fortunes of our third team, um, so that's just generally painting a picture and and the end of the 2018 season saw us finishing i believe uh fourth or fifth but we were only 15 points off of second place so it was quite a top uh tight top end of the table um and 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 obviously having a, a pretty decent season that year we we kind of came into the 2019 season with um with a few aims um and i, I th- i'd like to take the opportunity uh to ask flinty um as vice captain and, and someone that especially pays absolutely no attention to a word i say uh what would you say our aims were at the start of the 2019 season so when we sat down and had a chat at the start of the season, we we simply said that we should be getting promoted with the players we had and some of the younger players that were coming through. We said that was realistic with a with the goals we'd set as well. And I think me and you both both thought sort that we were good enough. Now we'd seen the Disbury team go up the year before, and they were no better than us. We had two close games within the season before, and we said that's that's where we should be aiming for. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to know that you were actually paying attention to me for once, or maybe you just got that information off someone else. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the latter because you, you don't tend to listen to anything I say, do you? I'd say that's a bit harsh, but <laughs> I did just listen to the question, so. Well, that is true. I mean, you, you've caught me out already. So uh, anyway, I think it's about time we found a new vice captain. Um, moving swiftly onwards, uh, Mitch, as someone has captained the third team several seasons ago, uh, played a lot of cricket over the years for, with the threes. Um, what were your sort of ambitions kind of personally and for the team heading into the season? I'm, I'm always a little bit sort of sceptical when we set targets for ourselves in, in third team cricket because I think it's really difficult to, to, to keep to. You know, you you really don't know what sort of team you're going to end up with, sort of week to week. Uh, but obviously, the 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 really good thing for us last season was we were pretty sort of consistent week on week, selection wise in all three teams. It kept sort of us us four people like Banjo, uh, Tone, all in the same team for most of the season. So you know, you you always think if you get a if you get a season like that, you get players a decent core of of adult players that are playing together. You always feel like you've got a chance. 
Um, but you know, I'm always sort of a. I think you'll know from sort of conversations we have we've had in the past. I'm very sort of a realistic to the point of a bit pessimistic about these things. I think it's fair to say you've you've probably seen the um, the, the sharper end of the stick um, when it comes to uh, availability and, and getting teams out. Do you do you want to sort of regale us with perhaps what it was like when you were third team captain, uh, getting a side out on a Saturday, let alone thinking about challenging for the league? I got, yeah, God, it was uh, it was uh, it was fun. There was a lot of um, like weather spoons, half ten in the evening, just asking blokes if they played cricket on a Friday night. Just you know, and, and we did actually find a player that way. Dave Long doesn't play for us anymore, but he uh, came and played a couple of seasons just on the back of being asked in the pub. But yeah, but that's since since I sort of came back to the club, sort of like ten years ago. That's the way the third team had always been. It'd always been pretty sort of uh, pretty relaxed and pretty uh, unstructured sort of thing. Even when I was, especially when I was captain, <laughs> yeah, that's probably. Uh, I don't want to get into the sort of area of praising you too much, but uh, last season was sort of a bit more sort of structure and discipline, which probably, uh, which probably actually sort of actually made it a bit more fun in the end. It was a bit more, uh, a bit more working towards everything. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I agree with you um, in in a lot of what you said. Look at anybody that sort of plays cricket and 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 in in the sort of the lowest team at, at their club will will know that inevitably if someone has to miss out above you that player from your team is going upwards um and over the years that's that's caused us um a bit of grief um and and mainly from the availability of players above us not not really ourselves but i think it's fair to say um the the availability last year was was pretty unprecedented um you know having sometimes 40 players available for 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 a saturday um i i think yeah it's probably a, a a million miles away from where where you were at times where you probably had 25 players on a thursday uh not not 40 yeah it brings a new set of challenges though i think as we as we found out last season you it's uh it's easier going into a game with 10 players than having to drop five sort of thing so yeah, that is that is very true indeed. Um, moving on, Froggy, uh, how did you feel about like the makeup of the side heading into the first game? And do you feel like we had uh, kind of a good balance to the side? Do you, do you feel we had sort of key players available in in the roles that we needed? Yeah, definitely. It's de- it's definitely been the strongest team week on week over the years. I've been I've about five years for last uh, for the threes. Um, you didn't really worry about you're going to lose because you haven't got the players. It was more, more we were going to win unless we had actually shocker. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's definitely um, uh, the right way of looking at. It. And and how did you expect us to fare over the course of the season? Uh, I thought we were going to win the league or or get promoted because we've we've played um, we've had good seasons against teams in Chester. We've done well. I think we had a bit of bad luck with the weather, didn't we? Um, some cancellations, but I think it wasn't for that. We would have been, we would have been promoted. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I personally, I mean, I'm not, not just saying this from, from, a, from an interviewer's perspective. I'm, I'm generally saying this as from the captain's point of view. I, I've never kind of looked like to look upon that as too much of, a, of a factor because at the end of the day, I always felt well. Um, you know, everyone gets games rained off and just because we got rained off against bottom of the league and top of the league get rained off against us or whatever it is, at the end of the day, it's everybody can beat everybody on, on their day. Well, or at least they should be able to. But I think to to add weight to your point, I think actually in, in fairness, there were a couple of occasions in the season where everybody else played and we didn't against the, the the second from bottom team in the league and and there were there were a couple of games as well where we we got a really badly rain affected game where where other people got points and and I, I I do agree with you I think were it not for the weather then we definitely would have picked up a, a few more pretty easy points but at the end of the day um you know the the weather is something we can't control but the the games that we we did or didn't uh, win were 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 obviously things we could control so um i i just try not to to focus on that but i i you know between you and i froggy i, I do agree with you for what it's worth um ian as a relative newcomer to the club um how did you find our setup and approach to cricket um both at the club and, and in general with the third team compared to where you've played previously i think compared to where i'd say previously it's, it's a much more it's a much more professional response i say that with no no degree of irony either. <laughs> um, uh, I was used to kind of a two-team, much more of a, a village setup, where 
there was obviously some some good cricket played, but there was also some some really terrible cricket played. And I was really impressed with the kind of uh, the ability to get three teams out was just quite remarkable, really. And for most of them to be felt, you know, a semi and it not be the um, it not be the under 15s playing Saturday cricket, which it was at my previous club, where there was a third team, but it was the under 15s playing Saturday cricket. Well, I think I think it's fair to say not not so many years ago. It, it, at times, it did kind of feel like it was it was like that with the third team, didn't it? You know, Froggy and I and and and, and Mitch have probably all captained games at some point where it's been the three of us or the two of us and and a load of people all under the age of eighteen, if not under fifteen. So I think you know, going back to our previous discussion about player availability, obviously that, that did make quite a big difference and it, it's something you have to manage quite carefully and bringing through those players. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't think anybody will take uh, take any exception at you not being ironic about us being professional. Um, what what did you what did you feel kind of your personal aims were for the season? I wanted to have a, a, a considerably better season than I had in my, in my first full season. You know, I'm a, my biggest critic, so I wanted to I wanted to do better than just a little over 100 runs <laughs> and a lot of a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of disappointing days uh, spent more time fielding than batting so I wanted to do I wanted to do better to be honest and I wanted to, a bit like Foggy said as well I wanted I thought I go I go into it and I thought yeah, I want to win the league I thought that I'd go into every season to be honest no matter what my situation was thinking I want to win the league I always encourage our players to to kind of have that mentality and and um you know I want us to turn up and think we're going to pump everyone uh and it has to be said quite a lot of the time that's what we did um do you want to do you want to tell everybody how you you came to opening the batting for Macclesfield um because you've told me or reminded me of this story before and I, I sort of find it quite quite amusing uh I think I think I was driving to uh an away game at Poynton and I was I was giving a lift to you and uh Ed and you, you know, we, we probably got a few miles away from the club, and you said, uh, "By the way, one of you is going to be opening today. Um, which one of you fancies it?" And Ed sort of kept quiet, and I said, "I'll go on then." And you know, that was that was my role in the team for the for the foreseeable <laughs> well, that point. How how do you feel in a parallel universe? Uh, the world of cricket would have gone had you kept quiet and, and Ed Labanjo stuck his hand up and said, I'll open. How do you, how do you think the world would be now? Um, well, I think we'd have had some really interesting scorecards. <laughs> I think there would have been some large banjos happening at the beginning of some matches and then some, <laughs> some rather large collapses as well. No, no offence, Ed. Anybody else have any feelings on uh, Ed as a potential opening batsman for the third team? But very posh slogger. I have no, no problem with that. <laughs> you are a reformed posh slogger, aren't you, Flinty? Nah, I think Carl Burgess would have a, something to say about that, but let's not talk about him yet. <laughs> yet, I'm sure he will. Uh, he will make it in. Well, mo- moving on to a little bit more information about the season, I thought it would be um, quite quite interesting to talk about your individual stats um, for the season. Um, so I'm just going to run through. Uh, what what you all did basically uh, so Flinty you played 17 games 16 innings two not outs 339 runs high score of 49 averaging 24 and you took eight catches which I kind of feel for you is quite low by your standards do you um I mean I don't want to focus on the fact that you scored 339 runs I want to focus on the fact that you only took eight catches uh, any response to that well being the badger that me and you are Miles I did actually look on the league standings and I think I took the most catches in the league from a non-wicket-keeping player, so I was happy with eight. I mean, I think I did drop a couple off your bowling, but that was just a personal thing between me and you. (laughs) Yeah, very good. Uh, Moving swiftly onwards. Uh, Mitch, 17 games, 12 innings, two not outs, 197 runs with a high score of 61 not out. Averaging just a lick under 20, 10 catches, 16, uh, 16, six stumpings, 10 catches, six stumpings. Um, how, how were you, how did you feel about your batting and, and your keeping throughout, throughout the course of the season? Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know I'd take that few catches, actually. That's a bit of a, it's a bit of a heartbreaker. Um, I, 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 I felt I batted okay, actually. I felt I batted more, better, than a, better than 197 runs as well. 
I'm, I'm starting to not trust the science here. I think there's a, there's a conspiracy. Oh, well, I mean, in terms of catches, it may well be that some are not recorded on Play Cricket as accredited to you. They might just be unsure. Oh, thanks, I do generally try and tidy up the scorecards because, as Flinty said, I am a badger. And and, and batting, I mean, I, I felt um, you had a number of really key contributions. Um, and as, as a more senior player and someone that sort of moved a bit lower down the order than you were at the beginning of the season, actually, the times that I remember you really sticking your hand up with the bat were games where we really needed it. Um, Warrington away... Um, you know, Stockport Trinity away, uh, last game of the sixth and we, season where you got 61. Um, I think you you kind of, yeah, pleasingly, you kind of scored your runs when we needed them rather than when we didn't. Um, but also, I think, you know, you started the season batting at three, three or four, and then and moved down to sort of six or seven. Um, so again, you know, poor captaincy. Let's just just blame it on the blame it on me. But um, I think you know, to be fair to you, you scored the runs when they, when we needed them. I think I think I think you moved me into the stitching slot when it was required. Uh, well, we didn't do a lot of stitching, did we? To be fair, I think we only stitched one game, and that was the first game of the season. It wasn't really a stitch; it was the last two overs. Yeah, I think we stitched ten players. Well, didn't we? No, no, we didn't. We didn't stitch. Ten we didn't players. stitch them, but we we batted out for a draw. Well. We were trying to slug it six on the last. Have, having having carefully saved the game. Oh, I I I take uh, I take great exception to uh, sh- stitching against uh, Timperley. That's um, that's that's fighting tour, Mitch. Uh, Froggy, sixteen games, fifteen innings, two not outs, two hundred and eighty-five runs, highest score of sixty-six, uh, averaging twenty-one point nine. Um, the bit I really don't want to talk about: six overs, one maiden, two wickets. Now, don't spoil the two wickets just yet. But how how did you feel? Kind of you went with with the bat and with the ball. Disappointed with the bat, really. I think after every game last year, I definitely left disappointed. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as you're winning games, I suppose. But yeah, it was it was it was a bad year for me, personally. Yeah, I think the the recurring theme with you was you would stroll out to bat in your usual uh, laid back approach. I'd probably have a look at one or two balls and then you'd crack two glorious boundaries, you know, booming extra cover drive and then lift one for six into the sight screen. And then we'd all be sat there thinking, right, it's Froggy's day. He's just hit two absolute gunshots and, and then you'd, you'd get out for 10. Um, <laughs> and you, you, you did you did that on more than one occasion, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it's just, it was nothing I do really. I mean, I went to Nets, worked on what I needed to work on, ask for help if if I thought I needed it. But just it was just a combination of probably just good balls, um, mistakes from me, soft dismissals. Um, normally when you get that chance early, they always took it. It was just it was just it was just one of those. I mean, previously I'd have had a bit of luck, but Froggy did get a couple of chances, courtesy of Wittes's umpiring as well. Oh. Uh, some stone. LBW's first ball that he was uh, reprieved. From. No, well, I've got I've got strategy with LBW's. So, what, what, so what, when I go to bat, my mate, what I try to do is eradicate one way of getting out, and that's LB. So I, take my, I come out about a yard, and if the ball does hit my pad, I always point out my bat. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember this stone dead LB that hit you first ball on the toe in front of the middle of middle of middle of middle. You could not have been any more out. No, that was out, yeah. That was yeah. out. Witters did not give you out. Do we do do any of us specifically Mitch Moores, do any of us have an idea why Witters did not give that out? The top man, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> Mitch? W- w- he's a dreadful cheat. Uh no, I think he was he was trying to uh, redress the balance because he, he felt he'd been somewhat triggered by you. Um, when you were umpiring. Okay. Are you suggesting it was some sort of positive discrimination? Uh, yes, I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, no, I, I remember you triggered Witters. Uh, and for those that don't know, we obviously umpire ourselves. Um, you triggered Witters, and and he came off the pitch uh, in less than happy, and, and he had very few positive things to say about you. Um, but I do remember him going out to umpire thinking, whatever happens he's going to turn down one stone-dead LBW because Mitch gave him out when he didn't think he was out. And that's pretty much what happened. He was dead. 
he couldn't quite make up his mind about why it wasn't out either. He said it hit him on his thigh, then an hour later he was saying he hit it. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't comment. Um, Froggy, do you, do you, do you want to, without giving the game away, do you, do you want to tell us about the six overs, one maiden, two wickets with a best of two for three? That you bowled. How, how did you feel your bowling went throughout the season? You you were a keen net bowler, I remember. Well, I was never given a chance, was I? <laughs> Some would say you were given six chances too many. I think Mitch was captain that day, and and the game got to a point where now I looked at him, he looked at me. We didn't have to say any words. We knew. <laughs> and we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Ian, um, moving on to you. Fifteen games, fifteen innings, two not outs. 392 runs with a high score of 112 um averaging 30 and you also took five catches um yeah how how did your season go with the bat uh, it was i think it was a it was a good season i was i was i was happy that i did a lot better than i did the, the previous year i think it sort of tailed off towards the end of the year it could have been it could have been a bit better to be honest from where i'd, I'd sort of set my own personal targets but uh but yeah i was i was yeah pretty happy with how it turned out Good. I think um, you're you're being a little bit too modest. You also did score your um, your your first hundred that season as well. Um, any sort of overriding memories from from that innings or anything you want to talk about there? Well, I got dropped on ten. I remember that. That's always a uh, a lasted memory. I remember batting with Froggy for a long time. I think we put on like 170 for, uh, after being like sort of like five for two. I think in the innings where we came together, two wickets down. I think they were feeling quite good about how the game was going. And then I think Froggy got out and we were near 200 for, uh, for three. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good day as well. But I don't have a lot of memories, to be honest, from doing it. But, yeah, it is a good, it's a good memory. I know I was in the middle with Ian when he hit the uh, 100th run. I think Ian knew it was coming because a certain Simon Griffiths was stood there with his arms out with his camera in his hands trying to get the recording. <laughs> so I think that put a little bit of extra pressure on because Ian was on 99 for a while and he could just see that it was coming because Simon was stood there with his camera. I kept I kept knowing every time I was on the strikers then that uh, both him and uh, Andy Bradshaw were both raising their phones so that I could, every time I looked over, they were both stood there with their phones out. So I thought, I must be on 99. And um, yeah, how, how, how did Ian get to his 100? Can you remember? I think it was just a, a shot into the, on, uh, the offside. Just went to the boundary rider. It's just a simple single. And I think he wanted to come back for the second by. I told him no in case he got run out. <laughs> Very selfless man. And then um, obviously away at Brooklands, uh, Tom Carter, I think, was it 125 or 130 odd he got? I think, not I think it was 136 not out. <sighs> not a lot of balls. What What were your over, overriding memories of that? I just know he kept nicking the strike off me because I wanted my first 50 thinking I was close there, but I was nowhere near it. Back onto Tommy, uh, put a few balls onto the AstroTurf. Everything, everything just went went to the boundary. He was also dropped on about, I think, 50 or 60. But from then onwards, uh, everything was out the middle of the bat. He actually put the ball through the side screen that day. Yes, I have been told this before. And and obviously your decision to uh, to to uh, declare on 30-odd overs or whatever it was. Yeah. It was just so we could let... We had a strong bowling line up that day. And it's tricky when you don't get everyone a bat, you want to get them a the ball. I think young Ben Kerwin was playing that day and I wanted to get him a good ball and he got a few wickets that day as well. But it was a DC as well leading the attack that day. I think he got five for. I think as well, um, going back to the the first game at Brooklands when when I got when I got my hundred, we put on a on a really big score, um, and we obviously in the end failed to bowl them out and win the game. So I think uh, we knew they could put on a big stitch and bat bat sixty overs. So. Yeah, I think um, that's probably a very wise thing to do when it comes to Brooklyn's because they do love a stitch. There are two matches I'd like to sort of uh, ask your 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 memories of. Um, <clears throat> they're both actually against the same same team. The first was from the first half of the season, and this was at home to Middlewich. Um, so Max Rees versus Middlewich twos. Now Middlewich. Uh, have their captain um, is a chap called uh, Craig Johnson, who is a very, very fine player. Actually, he's played first team cricket, um, scores a lot of runs every year, and and I think at this stage was was kind of comfortably the leading run scorer in the league. I think Ian will probably know. I think he was he was he was pretty much up there, wasn't he? 
think he had over 500 runs already by this point in the, in the season. Yeah, he, he'd got a few runs. Um, and he won the toss uh, at our place and elected to bat, uh, which some may say was, was a poor decision because <laughs> Middlewich, rather unfortunately, were bowled out for 44 in 19 overs. Mitch, as as a man standing behind the stumps that day, uh, well, there were rather a lot of us stood behind the stumps, but you were directly behind them. Um, what 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 are your sort of overriding memories of of the Middlewich innings? They they just got very much banjo, didn't they? He 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 was he was incredible. I don't think I've seen a better spell of bowling from anyone that day than uh, than Ed Strong. He was uh, he was pretty special. He was indeed. He took. Eight overs, three maidens, six for 11. Yeah, I, I think talking about sort of uh, catches um, and being behind the stumps. Uh, Froggy, I think you, you found yourself in the slips that day. Uh, do, you, do you remember anything particularly? Like it was yesterday. Well, when you take a catch like that, Miles, you're not, I know you're not a great catcher, so you want to not know, but um, <laughs> it kind of it just comes to you at slow motion. I think you were bowling and you bowled it full enough. I think you bowled it in the slot, didn't you? And he, and he, that explains the slow motion. <laughs> I think he went. I think he went for a, a big hike for six, and he just caught the edge. And I just t- I, I took it with one hand in the end. That's that's not entirely how it happened, Froggy. Uh, I think I, I bowled him a, a gorgeous outswinger, which he nicked to uh, to third slip. And unbelievably, you you were stood there in your normal laid back manner with your your elbows approaching your knees, um, and he nicked this ball. And and I still think to this day you didn't see it until it was pretty much at your nose, and then you just stuck a big right paw out and caught it kind of behind your head, one-handed, in the most kind of nonchalant manner I think I've ever seen somebody take a slip catch. Um, and he was he was pretty speechless. I seem to remember. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, but I I do remember they things got yeah considerably worse from them for them there on in. Um, Ian, did you make it into the grabbers that day, or had I just stuck you at point all game again? No, you you hadn't wised up at that point. I was still at uh, I was still at point. <laughs> did the ball come to you once? Uh, I, I I think I may have uh, strolled in to pick the ball up at one point, let it hit someone pad or something, maybe, and like sort of ricocheted off towards point. But uh, I don't think I did any genuine fielding on that day. No, uh, Flinty. Do you? What are your overriding memories from from their innings? Um, just uh, so probably like Mitch said, the best uh, bit of bowling from Ed of the season. Froggy, Froggy took a ridiculous catch. I know. I know. Sunday I was very hungover. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 get to that. So yeah, as I said, Ed Strong finished with eight overs, three maidens, uh, six for eleven, and yeah, Middlewich were bowled out for forty-four. Not really a lot to say in reply for Mac other than the fact that we knocked it off none down um, Ian helped himself to 25 not out uh, including six fours um, and as you alluded to Flinty I, I don't remember much past about six or seven o'clock that day I'm the same mate don't worry um, the the other game I'd like to focus on was was also um, Macclesfield versus Middlewich um, and this was the final game of the season um, and I'm afraid to say I wasn't actually able to play that game because um, I was getting married that day and, and having taken a, a lot of stick from pretty much everybody in the club about the fact that I'd organised my wedding on the last day of the season. Yeah, Macclesfield uh, went went off to Middlewich knowing that we had to get 25 points. But um, Flinty, do you remember the toss this day? Bearing in mind, we knew we needed 25 points. Yes, I do remember the toss. I actually lost the toss. You, uh, you've learnt how to be a useless tosser from me very well. Unsurprisingly, Middlewich on this occasion did not elect to bat. Um, so yeah, what? Uh, well, you guys can can talk me through the game because I wasn't there. I was uh, I was getting married. Didn't go off to a great start. I think I was in pretty quick. Um, Battled with Flinty for a bit. Yeah, Ian and Joe uh, got got. Relatively rare low scores. Um, Ian got eleven. Do you remember how you got out? I think I was, I was caught behind. I think I had a little bit of a, a walk down the pitch and tried to hit him over his head and nicked him, nicked him to the keeper. And uh, Joe, Joe got five um, and was caught as well. So uh, Flinty, you, you, you were batting three that day, um, as was often the case for for most of the rest of the season after the first few games. Um, yeah, what do you remember about the innings? I remember 
the opening bowler, he was a big lad. He, Carl Burgess like, but he could actually bowl, so he deserves to be bowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And he, he was telling me after he got me out, he hadn't played cricket in about fourteen years, something like that, and that just made me feel a lot better about myself. But no, for the for a big lad that he was, he bowled very well. I also remember in that innings, Tom Carter. Don't want to touch on it too much, but he also got a, a low blow, as you might say, being a tall lad, and he was down for about five minutes. I'd forgotten about. He was this. down for about five minutes. Probably should have retired hurt because he got one, got one in the in the plums, as you might say, with fa- family watching, no concern, as they were just all laughing and eating cake or something like that. Were they singing Coldplay songs from the side of the pitch? Possibly. I'm not sure which one because I was too busy laughing at him myself. But <laughs> yeah, he probably should have retired hurt. There was a long injury break. I remember that. Very good. I I actually didn't know that, so I'm I'm always happy to laugh about Tom Carter's misfortune. Uh, Tom Tom didn't stay around for too long. Got ten. Froggy, uh, you got a you got a couple. Do you remember how you got out? Uh, caught behind like Ian, I think. Very good. Uh, bringing bringing Mr. Mitch Morse to the crease. Um, as you said, you you obviously must have batted for, with Flinty for a while because because Flinty got twenty five. Um, and then you you must have had a partnership with uh, Stu Garner, Alfie, to his mates, who got 26. Um, and then DC didn't trouble the scorers, and, and, and Radders probably had a big big swing at the end and cracked a few boundaries. Uh, Mitch, you got 61 not out that day. Um, what, what do you remember about the sort of second half of our innings? It, it got a lot easier from what I remember. I think, like Flinty says, the, uh, the, the guy that opened the bowling... Uh, it was a bit of a big lad. I think he probably, I think he, from speaking to him afterwards, he, he played like a decent standard of cricket a while ago and come back. And you could see he was still relatively useful. But after about five or six overs, he was uh, he was blowing and he started uh, he started bowling a bit of dross, which uh, which I think made it, made it a bit easier for everyone. I think when I was batting, it was just uh, a case of sticking around and being horribly scratchy until Radis came in and started pumping it everywhere. I think uh, Alfie did a bit as well. In thirteen cricket, you get you get through the first four or five batsmen, and, and you kind of expect a somewhat procession to occur um, sometimes. And uh, yeah, I think a number of teams were probably on the the back end of uh, a good hundred runs from from you know the bottom five bats, batsmen on a number of occasions. Yeah, I think quite a lot of times last season we were. We we'd lose early wickets and not be too concerned really. There's quite a lot of the time last season that we were sort of dug out by people like Tone and and Banjo and DC. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's pretty handy to have Radders there coming in at nine. Thank you for not including me in that statistic, as as we all know, I scored five runs on a Saturday. Uh, anyway, um, moving swiftly onwards, um, Mac posted 185 for seven off uh, off our 45 overs. Flinty, were you were you how sort of pleased were you with that at the time? Did you wish that we'd got a few more so you could declare, or what was your mentality? The plan would have been to declare early. But in the position that we were in, we weren't able to. I know, like Mitch said, Mitch held the innings together throughout. And Alfie and Radders at the end obviously put on a lot of runs. I know Radders last four, the last four balls of the game, Radders put for 20 in total. So that really did help us in that situation. Um, but 185, I thought we had the bowling to, to get this team out of there. And... Luckily, we did in the end. The Middlewich innings, obviously, opening the batting again was one Craig Johnson, who I don't know how many runs he scored last season, but I, he must have got 600 plus, did he, Ian? About that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he got a big fat zero um, that was bold Radders caught. Ian Kenny, I, I assume you weren't at point for this, Ian. No, I've been, I've been rightfully uh, promoted to the slips at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rad Radis obviously opened the bowling uh, with with Labanjo. Um, how how did they both fare this day? They both they both started uh, quite scratchy, to be honest. I think by memory from 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 the well compared to Banjo's performance in the home game and what you normally expect from Radis. Um, I think uh, the scorecard probably makes it look. Like they, we got the, we got the openers out there quite quick, out there quite quick. But the while the scoring wasn't quick, they didn't they didn't threaten for a couple of overs 
from my from what I remember. I think uh, Craig's son, Regan Johnson, who's who's a young lad, obviously, and and by all accounts, from what we've seen of him, even though he's he's not got too many against us, he he looked a pretty decent bat. Um, he got nineteen um, and was was out to to DC, who I believe was his his first wicket, um, and DC got a five for that day. Um, what do you remember about uh, young young Regan? I think he was the only one that day who looked like he could bat a bit. He, you know, he unfurled a few cover drives, looked like positive when he was running between the wickets, which was in stark contrast to the the other ten batsmen who who had a go on that day. Right, um, Flinty, you obviously got uh, DC um, on first change. Uh, did you feel it was going to be a pitch for him, or what? What was the decision around that, or is it just simply that DC came up to you and said, "You're putting me onto bowl"? I think when you have a player like DC in your team. He should always be a first change if he's not opening the bowling. That's a very politically correct answer, Chris Flint. Well done. Um, with, with with Dave, you know what he offers you, you know what he can do. And I think just looking at his figures, it shows you on the day what he did. And I don't know if he knows this, but I was very close to bringing him off at one point, I think after about six or seven overs. I think he'd only picked up one, but he, he wasn't on his usual line and length. I think a few balls went down the leg side. He took a wicket in that over and I kept him on for his full 14. And as it showed with his fifer, he, he made me choose the right decision in sticking with him. Did he bowl 14 on the bounce? I think he may have may have come off for a couple, saved the three at the end. And right. I think he did pick up pick up some in the second spell. And I think as well, Alfie that day, he was he was struggling with maybe a calf injury. So he only bowled the three overs. So that did, did lead us on to having to make a few interesting choices. Let me just say. I was going to ask you about this because um, Stuart Garnett that day bowled three overs, three maidens, and that was the end of his spell. Yes. <laughs> I got instructed by one of the fielders that he was struggling. He was struggling with an injury. So without without actually asking him, I just took him off because I think overs were starting to run out. And we did have the likes of Tony Moores and I did have spells of Radders and Ed to come back on. So I wanted to make sure everyone was fit because... At this point, we didn't know what was going on. We it was a must-win game, so I took I made the decision. If if Alfie wasn't fully fit, then he, he wasn't bowling. Now this is the bit I've been been wanting to avoid for for obvious reasons. But um, Mac f- staring down the barrel of a big stitch from Middlewich, cometh the hour, cometh the frog, Flinty. How long was he in your ear about letting him bowl? To be fair to him, he wasn't too bad. I had a certain Tom Carter in my ear, who was actually my preferred choice. Oh, no. That is criminal. But it was the whole I've been first choice spinner for Kings this year. I don't know why I'd ever listened to that. It was it was an idea of Mitch Moore's. With the sun going down and perfectly in the batsman's eyes, a few loopy, froggy, leg spin, off spin, whatever you want to call it. Leg spin. That was leg spin. Definitely leg spin. Doesn't doesn't usually doesn't usually spin, does it? So we'll definitely get you out. So you brought you brought on Froggy to to bowl his um his collection of loopy grenade straight breaks. Um, yes. And and Froggy, I think it's only right to give you the floor. Talk us through this bloody hashtag twofer. Well, Finch has got his facts all wrong there because they all spin to the to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I knew it was going to happen. It was, it was destiny. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know Mitch was like, Mitch was obviously was thinking about the sun, but I was thinking, yeah, are there other people in this team that can land six balls out of six? Yeah. But have they got that X Factor ball? And I knew I had it. So, <laughs> so I think it. <laughs> can I just put in this X Factor ball? Was it the. Ball that you bowled first up with me to the very short cover half tracker that he rocked back and chopped onto his own stumps. Was that the one? No, well, actually, because I think my hand was a bit... Obviously, I'd been fielding all day, so hand was a bit sticky. That actually was came out as a googly, so... <laughs> Stop it! This <laughs> <So>. is... <laughs> anyway, anyway, I think first ball, just short of a length, a bit of a dead pitch. It just stayed low, hit the, hit the inside edge, hit the wickets. Door open. Door, <laughs> door open. <laughs> um, so having having got your your frog sized crowbar out and and shoved the door open, 
talk me through the next wicket because as I as I understand it, this was actually quite a good wicket. I will have this corroborated by uh, Mr. Kenny and Mr. Moores in in due course. Yeah, well, I haven't got many match overs under my belt, so I knew some are some are not going to come out right. But the one that does come out right, it's most likely nine times out of ten going to take that wicket. I think it drifted in. It wasn't too. It, it was it was a nice pace, flat. Drifted in middle and leg. He edged it straight to Ian. Job done. And he was a leg spinner as well, so that obviously adds more to the wicket because he has a knowledge. What of your particular collection of moon balls, straight no. breaks, and um, and inadvertent googlies? No, that was a genuine leg spinner. That that would have got oh, got a lot more, more people out. But right, Mitch, I'm, I'm going to have to bring you in here. Don't make me do this. What 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 do you have to say about either of those two wickets? I mean, you can only talk about the first one if you like. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect, disgusting, possibly possibly a no ball on height, but it just <laughs> it it. It didn't make me glad to be playing cricket. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have to press you for a response about the second wicket. I don't know. I wasn't watching. Okay. Good. Next. Ian? I uh, uh, don't know. I wasn't watching. <laughs> right. Okay. Fantastic. Moving swiftly. I want... No. Okay. Come on. Someone's got to tell me, was it a good wicket? Was it a good ball? And was it a good catch? It was a good ball. It was It was Ian Ian with the catch. It was a very good ball. And it was like him ran to here just uh, taking a wicket. He was nearly at the boundary running round. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, Frog, we, for most of that season, thought that you were incapable of getting a shift on. Um, and I can only imagine you got a shift on that day when, when you took that wicket and, and him ran to here it all the way around the boundary. I was just happy for the team. <laughs> I'm sure you were, mate. Um, so needless to say, Mac, Mac did get the win. That day, uh, unfortunately, uh, we did not uh, gain promotion because the week before uh, we had a very crunch game against Warrington um, and they managed to get over the line thanks to a, a fairly unbelievable knock from, from a lad who plays for them. We got 100 and they chased down about 230 from us. Um, so we were still in the hunt, but we needed Warrington to slip up and in, and in fact they didn't. Um, but... On this particular point, I do need to uh, disclose a bit of uh, hot hot press. We actually fell foul of a rule uh, in this game, which meant that we had the points from this match struck off. So even though we won the game, we got no points. Um, and this is because uh, we played Tom Radley uh, uh, illegally, as far as the league are concerned. Um, I told Tom Radley about this the other day. And he was absolutely beside himself. He was so upset about the fact that he thought that he cost us the game. Um, so I, I want to publicly take this this opportunity to, to tell Tom, it's okay. Everything is forgiven. It's not your fault. And uh, lads, is there anything you want you want to say to Radders about his illegal um, uh, performance against Middlewich? I would, I would like to say... It's your fault. It's Miles's fault. Yeah, it's your <laughs> fault. So, Radders, there we are. You've you've heard it firsthand from the guys that were there on the day. If if I could just butt in, it, it is partly Radders's fault because if he was available more, he should be playing a much higher standard. He should be second team every week minimum. It's just the fact that he's probably not been there, but he is playing. He was playing third team. And this is why you shouldn't spend your life touching cows. And if you want uh, anybody to talk to about that, ask Dave Bostock. Um, chaps. Uh, as we wrap up the the end of this podcast, um, I just want to ask you if there are sort of any memories, either or highlights from the cricket, or just uh, highlights from from the season in general that anybody wants to to bring up. Flinty, have you got anything you want to bring up? I think it was just an all round good season. We had a got a lot of laughs, a few 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 very good days out. Most most days of cricket, I thought, yeah, I, I want to play cricket again next week. <laughs> I think I think. We, we, we had still a good season, yeah. Nothing really else to add. I'm sure the boys will be able to tell you about some funny stories. Ian, anything from you? Uh, I think one thing we missed from the, the first Middlewich game at home was uh, Ed, during his uh, spectacular spell, was trying to run it into one of the batsmen who kept uh, stepping away because he, he, he thought there was some uh, chat coming from the, the slip corner, which I think included yourself and, and Froggy and a few others. I think you probably had a point, to be honest. But... Uh, Tony Moores took uh, a real dislike to this uh, this delaying tactic that the batsman was employing, and uh, and gave him a, gave him a, a bit of a dressing down on the pitch. Uh, 
the next ball, Ed runs in and he nicks off to... Uh, to Witters, I think. And he got a send-off from everyone, including both their umpires. Very good. Uh, Froggy, any any highlights um, that aren't your twofer? I think it's Ed taking a wicket on the last ball of the last game to give it a chance of promotion. That was right, wasn't it? He took wicket on the yeah, last think, ball, I didn't think, he? I think it was either the, I think it was the three balls, the, the fourth ball no. in the over in the... Yeah, took the ball. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, he so got the last one out. Ball the last... In the over. It, was, it was the last over, yeah. And he got wicket in the fourth ball to give us a chance of winning the league, yeah. And it was LBW um, to an umpire out all to F off when he got out, so fair play. It must have been must have been plump. <laughs> um, Mitch, any any highlights or uh, good yucks from the season? Just the, the repeated uh, episodes of Witters, just in the threes, just in general. Uh, obviously nothing that's repeatable on here, but just having him in the team is just eye-opening, fun and disgusting. All at the same time. I, I I do know that I'm very keen to secure a sponsorship for the podcast, and and one of the products that I would really like to sponsor this podcast is uh, is is Witters's new line of uh, e-cigarettes and vapes. So Witters, if you're listening, when you've got your flavors sorted and you've amassed enough sample size, hit us up. We'll uh, we'll get you an advert. Um, on that bombshell, lads, I uh, just want to thank you all for taking the time to uh, come on come on the podcast. Um, it's it's been a great trip down memory lane. Uh, obviously, always a pleasure to uh, to talk to you um, and indeed play cricket with you. Except uh, having to watch Froggy bowl, so I'm I'm very glad to have missed that. But um, no, again, congrats on a, on a great season, and um, hopefully we'll we'll see you all soon. Uh, so yeah, if you want to say bye, now's a good time. Bye. 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 Yeah.